plan for your life? Do you know where you want to go? Are you looking to be happier, healthier, and wealthier while having more fun every day? Meet our empowerment architect and goddess gardener, Cynthia Bryan, as she engages in energetic exchanges with success experts, bringing you research, innovations, strategies, and techniques to strengthen your life, business, and personal spaces. Be inspired, motivated, encouraged, and empowered. Lend us your ears right here on Star Style. Be the star you are. The party starts now. Well, we are going to do it with style today. Hello, Power Partners. It's Cynthia Bryan again. This is our informational playground, Star Style, Be the Star You Are. It's brought to the airwaves under the species of Be the Star You Are 501c3 charity, a literacy and positive media a nonprofit that works to empower women, families, and youth. I am hoping to seed, stimulate, and support space for positive, meaningful conversations as we catapult you to the stars and help you be the stars that you were born to be, because isn't that what life is all about, is living it to the fullest. Well, today's show is going to be quite fun, because coming up in segment two, we are going to be talking about Cuba with one of the very fun people who was on a trip in support of the Cuban people with me, Paul Devaney, will be joining me. And so you'll find out kind of everything you've ever wanted to know from an insider's view of what a week in Cuba is like, whether it's the Bay of Pigs, Fidel, the Revolution, Cigars, you know, Christopher Columbus, Hemingway. Uh, pirates, you name it, we'll probably talk about it. So in uh, segment three, we're going to be making some sense. And by sense, I mean, I'll show you or I will tell you since this is radio and I can't really show you how to make some gifts that you may want to be able to uh, give away to friends and to make your house and car and anything that you want smell really great. Well, the miracle moment for today is brought to you by Be The Star You Are, a 501c3. The website is bethestarur.org. Please consider making a tax-deductible donation. It's always appreciated, and there are so many outreach programs that are helping people in the country and around the world and we really do need your support if you work with a company that does matching funds ask them to match them that would be incredible be the star you are.org well this is from buddha only those who go where few have gone can see what few have seen And that really leads us into what we're going to be talking about in segment two. But right now, I was reading a guest post by John Wartman, who was an executive and mental coach and a speaker. And it was um, quite interesting when he was talking about resilience and how sometimes our brains hijack us. And this is something that we talk about a lot here. How high can you bounce? You know, you know, when the going gets tough, the tough get going. It's not what happens to you that matters. It's how you respond. But what really is happening to our brains is maybe uh, something else, and I thought it was a great topic to uh, bring to you again, because so few of us have ever been taught how to keep our brains really healthy. You know, we know the things that we're supposed to put in our body as far as to keep our weight in check or how to... um, 
how to exercise more or if we're not getting enough sleep, how it's going to affect our productivity. We know that if we cut ourselves that we need to put on an antiseptic right away. But what do we do when our minds start spinning or they stop working? What do we do when we feel so stressed and anxious all the time? And some of these behaviors won't only make your brain healthier, but they might help you learn how to practice uh, to have better brain health. So one of the most interesting things was to talk to strangers. And that I thought was uh, rather interesting because I'm in airports a lot. I'm definitely around. And if you strike up conversations with people, it might be just so interesting that you may end up becoming friends or colleagues or even um, work people. And in fact, one of the big supporters of Be The Star You Are, I met on a plane several years ago when I was launching my book, Be The Star You Are, 99 Gifts for Living, Loving, Laughing, and Learning to Make a Difference. We started chatting and turned out his mom was a writer. And since then, um, we've done many collaborations together. And it all started with this quick 10-minute conversation sitting next to each other on a plane. Now, research shows that talking to strangers can actually make us happy. So, you know, the science behind it actually encourages us to do that because our brains are definitely stressed these days because we pay so much attention to so many things that we're feeling on edge. And what happens is is that our amygdala uh, just starts overreacting. You talk to strangers and it immediately gives you something to focus on. You get this shot of adrenaline from the alarm system that's been going off in your uh, brain. You want to make sure the person's safe, obviously. And then as you progress in your conversation, you start to feel engaged. And then suddenly that fear of the new or the unknown dissipates and your frontal lobes which have to fire for your alarm to turn down, you know, they go into full gear and then you enjoy the novelty of a fresh conversation. So in the future, just look at that. I mean, obviously you don't want to try talk to people that look like they're threatening, but if somebody looks uh, interesting, you know, pick up a conversation. And I find that airports and airplanes tend to be a pretty good place for that. Now, Every brain needs a little bit of downtime, and the simple idea of a vacation isn't just to reduce your stress. It is actually one of the best times for you to learn to think, and it's, you know, Thoreau used to go into the woods, right? I go into nature all the time. In fact, just being in in Cuba was a lot in nature and being outside and being adventurous. And that really just helps me just process everything and be calmer and, you know, just uh, engage more in the natural world. But if you read Walden, you realize being away was really the time of Thoreau's life. So you can reframe everything that's negative. The third thing you've got to do for your brain is an organizational behavior. And the technique is called reframing. Yeah, I know I've always say in, in, in um, Be the Star You Are books, I also talk about framing, well, claiming, naming, and reframing. And it's very important because if you have a, a negative thought, that says to yourself, oh, I'm a failure, then the possible refrain could be really invaluable. 
And instead of just saying, I'm a success, you might say, you know, I am in the process of being successful or I am being noticed. And so reframing helps you take ugly thoughts and turn them into positive ones. And it's not just positive thinking because no one can lie to yourself. It's, it's really terrible. You cannot lie to yourself. So when reframing becomes a habit, your alarm doesn't have negative memories of experiences to shut you down in the future. Reappraise everything that is painful. The twist on reframing is called a reappraisal. So some thinkers and therapists also, they use this um, as another synonym for reframing. But it really is separate, and it's very valuable, so it does need to be emphasized. Reappraisal means making some meaning out of something that's bad. So if you get yelled at, you might think to yourself, okay, I was yelled at, but I'm going to be ready the next time. Or I really didn't enjoy that that comeuppance, but I'm going to be more prepared for meetings next time. It deepens the experience into what we call a learning moment. And I always believe that every... Everything that happens to us, good or bad, is a positive thing as long as we learn from it. So everything is is a blessing and everything is a lesson, but you have to learn from it. Another thing that's great for your brain is a meditation. Now, the science on meditation is very clear. What's not for most people is the methods that have to be used. But the quick uh, options are just to do it for a few minutes. You know, sit and breathe. Imagine yourself in a special place, something that's quiet. You can repeat a mantra. You can say a prayer or you can do like I do. I just look out at nature and I just let my thoughts go. And somehow I'm able to just really, really uh, get clear on what my day is going to be like. Transferring blame. So a reattribution is a therapeutic technique of exploring alternative causes for events. For example, um, you spilled the milk or did someone forget to put the top on? Now, are you going to blame someone for that or you miss a deadline because somebody didn't give you the information? Whatever it is, you know, sometimes these are things that happen and we cannot be a blamer and a complainer. It doesn't mean you don't take responsibility in your life. It means that certain things we experience perhaps are a cause beyond our control. And we can recognize that these instances allow our brains to produce less stress hormones by saying, okay, um, I did spill the milk, but the lid wasn't on it. So you're you're not copying out, but you're going to acknowledge to yourself that the lid wasn't on, but at the same time, you acknowledge you spilled the milk. Now, find mindfulness that works for you. It is the art and science of being present. Years ago, I think it's probably 15 years ago, before mindfulness was even a word, I was working um, on a magazine and we were called, we were doing mindful living and we were actually doing seminars on mindfulness and it wasn't really popular then and then all of a sudden it kind of exploded. So it does help us engage in complex thinking. If you want to be successful, your brain needs to be mindful. 
it is necessary to find ways that work for you. So mindful eating might thicken our gray matter where sitting and breathing might drive us crazy. Figure out what works for you. Some of us are move fast. Some of us move slow. We all have to live in the present, though. So the best way to find out what is your speed is to experiment. And the forms of mindfulness that you stick to are the ones that are going to make your brain healthier. Now, um, maybe there's going to be some crazy people that you're going to meet and some crazy environments. And if that's the case, stay away from them. You know, you don't have to love everybody, but you do have to forgive everyone. This is a really important thing for our brains. All studies have shown that people who don't forgive experience more stress and negative health impacts like spikes in blood pressure. The stress reduction with forgiveness produces emotional benefits like less restlessness, nervousness, and sadness. So the next time you get angry with your spouse or partner or or business colleague or friend or child, whoever it is, take a deep breath and let it go because you're the, going to be the one that benefits. So these nine behaviors aren't always intuitive. They're definitely going to take some practice. But if you just even add one of them to your life, your brain is going to thank you. We have the power to take care of our brains, and you are my power partner. So stay with me because Paul Devaney is coming right up, and we're going to be talking Cuba, Cuba, Cuba. All right. You're listening to Cynthia Bryan. This is Star Style. Be the star you are. We'll be back in a bit. Don't you dare go away. The star you are. The star you are. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Are you seeking a dynamo speaker for your meeting, conference, or organization? Internationally recognized keynote speaker and New York Times bestselling author and lifestyle coach, Cynthia Bryan, will bring her energetic expertise, passionate professionalism, and ebullient personality to your event. Hailed as an expert in lifestyle, women's issues, self-help, personal balance, leadership, media, gardening, and interior design topics, Cynthia Bryan is a popular empowerment keynote speaker around the world, lecturing to audiences of 100 to 5,000. For rates and bookings, call 925-377-STAR, 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 and visit www.cynthiabryan.com. When you want the best, book Cynthia Bryan, www.cynthiabryan.com. This business of show business is calling out to me. Get started acting or modeling with a consultation from media coach extraordinaire Cynthia Bryan, who has guided entertainment careers for over two decades. Call 925-377-STAR or visit www.cynthiabryan.com. Pick up a copy of her award-winning book, The Business of Show Business, and start living your dreams today. Call 925-377-STAR. 925-377-STAR. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. It's power time on Star Style. Be the star you are with your passion, purpose, and possibility producer, Cynthia Bryan. 
Now, back to the power party. Well, the power is about to begin because I have a special guest with me, someone who actually traveled with me in support of the Cuban people people recently. A first time for both of us, and it was the we became friends on this trip. His name is Paul Devaney. He actually is the second. Dan Belt, black belt in Taekwondo and a black belt in Aikido. He's an FAA certified flight instructor, but he just recently retired after 25 years working with the Postal Service. So he starts every morning with savers, when the morning sees the day, and he's been married to his wonderful wife, Cleo, and they have two great daughters. He lives in Colorado, and welcome, Paul, to Star Style, Be the Star You Are. Hi, Cynthia. How are you doing? I am doing so great. So tell me the first thing. I, this is what I want to know. Did you ever think that uh, in retirement that you were going to be on the radio? <laughs> uh, no, that wasn't, that wasn't <laughs> one of my... Uh, uh, that wasn't uh, one of your uh, goals? Yeah, one of my goals. Well, uh, it was really, it was such an interesting experience that we had while we were traveling together, um, total strangers, but we met in our group with uh, KB Cuba and uh, part of the climb on this adventure in Cuba. And I just thought it would be so fascinating to get your take on the experience because it was, um, I found Cuba to be such a an enlightening country, poor with lovely people, but Absolutely, you know yeah. has so much, so much that we can we could do to help it. So let's get your takeaway on what you really enjoyed, what you thought uh, could be better. What did you think about Cuba in general? Uh, in general, I, uh, first of all, I just noticed everyone just seemed very friendly. Um, friendly, exactly. I, 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 I love the. Uh, uh, I, I wish I unfortunately I have no language skills at all because it would have been I would have loved to um, uh, all the old classic cars I would have loved to just uh, talk to these uh, guys and see what what MacGyver magic they performed to keep them running um, it was just so much fun looking at all the old cars you know it um, wasn't that interesting because they were mostly Fords and Chevys but what we understood uh, from from Oscar our guide and other people we spoke with is that most of the engines and po- everything in it are like Toyota or whatever they could get right oh yeah i'm sure i'm sure they improvised um and i read a, a little blurb about the amount of cars cuz i was trying to figure out how many were actually on the road and uh, there's about 60,000 uh, classic American cars or yank tanks driving around. 50% of them are from the 50s, 25% are from the 40s, and 25% are from the 30s, which I only wow. found one or two of those. But um, I don't uh, know. Do you know, we drove around in that red, I don't even know what it was. Was it a red Chevy, I guess? Uh, um, the, red, the red one was a 46 uh, Ford a uh, Ford. Convertible. Okay. okay, that's what I was wondering what year it was. It was a 46, because yeah. it sure was fun, and, uh, and I, I love the color. The, uh, the cars, they're like family heirlooms. They just, uh, I think the guy that drove that car said it was in his family for something like four generations. Exactly, and he said that yeah. he was going to uh, pass it on to his 
um, his children. He didn't say son or daughter, but he did say children. You know, speaking of that, uh, I wanted to get your input on this because I found it very interesting when Oscar, our guide, was telling us about the income that Cubans make when they work for the state, which we know Cuba is still a socialist country. It's working. It's working its way around things. But 20 to uh, equivalent, it's in CUC, C-U-C, but equivalent to 20 to $40 a month, uh, when you, right. whether you're a doctor, a lawyer, or a teacher, or whatever. And so all these, so many people have these other jobs, like driving people around like us yeah. in their cars. Yeah, uh, yeah it's unfortunate, uh, but um, I think the doctors, they make more than, say, uh, a restaurant person, but still some of the... Uh, the taxi drivers, you know, especially that have the nice cars like we drove around, they could probably make as much as a doctor <laughs> just doing that. Yes. Um, well, you but, know, yeah. uh, when Cleo and I, we went on, you went on a bike ride to a beautiful beach, whereas yeah. um, your wife, Cleo, and I, we went on the horseback ride. I rode horses. She walked. I think she got in 40,000 steps that day because oh, yeah, it no was doubt. like eight hours <laughs> Eight hours up yeah. into the mountains, into the forest, over creeks. Uh, we went to farms. We, it was really, uh, really amazing. But uh, what well, the thing that was most interesting were the different stops that we did along the way where she actually pressed sugarcane juice. And then yeah, the people that were on the yeah, the people that were on the ride, we bought it. And then we stopped at another place where they showed uh, it was a tobacco uh, farmer who uh, tobacco and and coffee. And he ground up coffee, let us taste the coffee right from his farm, and then he had cigars. And what we learned from that is those people bake probably uh, 10 times more than what doctors, lawyers, or other professionals make, or anybody, because they have the opportunity to work that way. (laughs) But it was fascinating. Yeah, the tourist industry is... uh well, it already is huge, but it's going to be even even bigger, you know. Well, and, you know, uh, I hope so because, as we saw, at least in my point of view, Habana, Havana, but they call it Habana, uh, was really, really run down. And from yeah. what from what I gathered is because when Fidel took power, he relegated all the money to the poorest people who were in the countryside. So Habana, which is obvious, it was once a gorgeous, gorgeous city, yeah. probably in the time of Hemingway, right? But um, is now very much in, in disrepair. But little by little, like Habana Vieja, they're, they're starting to reconstruct. They, they, re- they realize that those old buildings are what, are what uh, brings the tourists in. Yes. And not just you know, and and they're going to have to fix them up. I got to admit, though, I just loved Trinidad. To me, that <gasps> that was my was, favorite. That was just very cool. I mean, um, I just loved the old cobblestone streets and the buildings. There was uh, things going on, music. You know, you can listen to at night. Very fun. That was a nice, very nice city, and the buildings. I think. 
a little better shape than Havana. <laughs> yes, they were. Well, and you know, didn't you think uh, one of the things that listeners need to know, there's only a few ways that Americans can visit Cuba and you have to visit Cuba under a certain regulation, a certain number, and that's not by the the rules of the Cuban government, by the United States oh. government. But yeah, one of them cool. is what we did, which was support of the Cuban people, which means you really are interacting with the people and, and supporting them. So we don't stay in hotels. You stay in Casa Particulars. Wasn't the Casa Particular in Trinidad, it was by far the best. And we actually had you know, water and, and decent bathrooms. And I, I actually, I felt like all the casas we stayed in, I, I don't think I had a bad one, really. The, uh, the, and, the, and the home-cooked breakfast in the morning. Oh, that the, was, those were amazing. And the, and the Cuban well, coffee, which I dubbed uh, Rocket Fuel, I yes. loved. <laughs> that I Cuban loved coffee is just so good, and they serve it to you in a little... Um, what do you call it? Yeah. Um, you know, the little tiny cups, uh, like an espresso, like espresso cup. cup. An espresso cup. And, cup. and yeah. what about the wonderful pineapple juice that they squeeze fresh, you know, every day? And the bananas are so good. And the yeah. people, I mean, I don't, every place we met, people were friendly. And unlike places uh, where I've traveled in the Caribbean or, um, for example, in Mexico, there weren't anybody begging for anything. I mean, nobody was trying to get you to buy no. things. Restaurants would, you know, show you their menu and invite you to come in. But nobody was trying to sell you anything. People were just yes. generally really respectful and very kind. Yeah, yeah, I found that true, very true. The uh, You were talking about the juice. <laughs> I, I usually don't drink juice because, you know, all the sugar in it. But mm-hmm. when I saw how much fruit was actually in the juice and how fresh it was. I said, yep, I'm going to have to try this. I'm I'm going to have it. Well, it was just completely, it was like just drinking fruit. I mean, it had to have a lot of fiber in it, right? Because it was... Oh, yeah, absolutely. I felt like I was uh, drinking something very healthy. Um, I think they, and you know, um, I was talking, I think, with Oscar about this too, Um, we were talking a little bit about organic or non-organic uh, foods, and just the, everything is organic because it's much cheaper. I mean, fertilizer or pesticides is too expensive. Yes. So everything is really have to, has to be organic. Yes. And, um, you know, wasn't just, that that was such an interesting comment because you know I'm such a major gardener, and that was one of my first things that I asked. Because especially here in California, I know in Colorado the same thing. People are very much into you know farm to table and organic, right, yeah. fresh things, and everything was just so beautiful, and everything tasted so good. And it was very fascinating that he said, "We're not organic here." Because we believe in being organic, it's because everything is too expensive. We're we right. just do every and it's wouldn't it be nice if the world could be like that? But yeah. as other members um, of our party suggested, it wouldn't be economically feasible because obviously you have a lot of uh, rot or you have a lot of destruction from whether it be insects or animals or crops don't grow when you're organic. So, you know, you have yeah. to deal with that as farmers. But I, I love that. And what about swimming in the Bay of Pigs? That had some, I thought that was fantastic. I don't know. Did I swim in the Bay of Pigs? I don't know if yes, I did that. Yes, you day. did. I did with your, uh, with your husband when I did that bike ride to that uh, 
Oh, the beach, I swam. To the beach. uh, That day. Yes, yes. But, uh, you know, it was, I'd always want, I never really knew what the Bay of Pigs looked like. Um, Oh, yeah. And it was was much different than what I had expected. It was much different. I didn't know what to expect. Um, Actually, I I, I probably should have done more research before I went, but it it was fun that it was a surprise because the country was so beautiful. Uh, when uh, we were hiking in those mountain nature preserves, oh. I was just flabbergasted at how gorgeous. Um, and, and it almost looked like Colorado in a way, except it was a hundred times greener, <laughs> you know, because we were so high in altitude. But, yeah, well, um, it was so yes, it, it and the really, amount of the the foliage and the flora. That was around us. And, you know, it was very interesting because everybody kept commenting that so many of the plants that we saw growing on those forests, I kept wanting to call it a jungle, but Oscar, our guide, kept correcting me and saying, no, we have rainforests, we don't have jungles. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. they were forests. Weren't we, but, weren't we lucky to see the national bird? Oscar the, said, the kids yes. live here all their lives and they never get to see this bird. That was amazing. I had to do some research on it after I returned because in Cuba, we had no internet and we had no phone. And so it's called the Tocoloro or the Tocororo. And what I didn't realize why it's called that is because of the sound. Tocoloro or Tocororo, that's the sound it makes. So, So people call it both names with an L or with an are but when we saw it it really was magnificent because it mimics almost exactly the cuban flag i can see why they made it the national bird i mean wasn't that an exciting moment yeah i um, i also heard that bird uh is never in captivity because it will die exactly exactly and supposedly that that is a symbol of the Cuban people. They never want to be in captivity, and they always want to be free. So they're, they're striving. Cool. Yeah. They're constantly striving for freedom, and they keep a positive attitude. And I thought just the fact that they choose that bird and then they add that little message to it was was really it, it showed a lot of class and a, you know a lot of heart from the right. people. Yeah. And let's talk about the food for a moment, because I'm such a foodie, you're a foodie. We really enjoyed some incredible food at very inexpensive prices. Oh, I know. I, um, I know the dollar was taxed, but I feel like I more than made up for it at uh, eating $7 lobster. You know? Exactly. <laughs> you you know, know, I, and it was great. You know, very, and it was so good. Fresh. Yes, I, my favorite, I think my favorite place that we stopped was in the Zapata uh, swamp where we didn't see any crocodiles, but it was pouring rain, and we ate under that palapa. And the oh, yeah. name of the restaurant was just called Alexis, which is the name of the owner. <laughs> yeah. And there was crab and lobster and chicken and venison, and uh, they presented with all these little appetizers that were so beautifully carved. And it wasn't you the know, owner a character? Right he on. was you feel a like character. You know him from- 
Yeah, he I was, feel like I know him from the sitcom or something. Exactly. <laughs> so That's funny. how I felt, too. And the fact that he shows up and he has all these supplies with him. And yeah. uh, Oscar, has, I said, how does he carry all these things? Because he supposedly had a motorcycle. And Oscar said, well, I think he has a sidecar. Well, it turned out he doesn't have a sidecar. <laughs> and he just loads all this stuff up on the motorcycle. Yeah. It, it reminded me of Vietnam or Cambodia, you know, where they the even Philip- put refrigerators. And- <laughs> yeah, the Philippines is like that, too. Go in there, you get 12, yes. 12 people in a little tiny uh, motorbike. <laughs> well, you enjoyed your rum, uh, as we all did, but I think yeah. you were more of a connoisseur because you were trying different things. What would you, what became one of your favorites? Um, I actually didn't try it until when I got to the airport. Uh, we had some cooks left, and I said, well, I'm going to buy some rum. I, can, I understand we can take it home and carry on. And so I saw one of the, we had a, uh, I, I had a couple of different brands of rum while I was uh, eating in restaurants and whatnot, but um, Havana Club is like the big uh, brand. And one of the uh, bottles I bought at the airport was a, um, a triple barrel-aged or something. Anyway, it was expensive. But it was when I got home and tried it, I was like, "This is amazing." <laughs> so this is, uh, you were able to put it on your carry-on. You didn't have to go right. through something well, else. They, they put the bottles through uh, TSA. Puts the bottles. The American TSA puts the bottles through this machine that measures the, um, I guess, the de- density. Um, oh, that's so great uh, to know. Or, That's so um, great to know. That's a great tip, Paul, because when that, we um, got to they, the airport, go ahead. Yeah. Oh, they can tell if what, even if it's sealed, if what's in the bottle is actually in, by looking at the proof of the alcohol and the amount of alcohol in the bottle. They put it in the machine, and it says, "Yep, it's good." And what was funny is Cleo bought one bottle of the same thing I did. I bought another bottle, and one passed, and the other one didn't. Really? And I was, yeah, and I was just thinking, geez, I wonder if TSA is thinking, oh, here's a good brand or here's a good, <laughs> <laughs> you know. So, so they actually kept one bottle? Is that no, what happened? No, no they didn't. They said, uh, I said, I paid too much for this. You keep trying it. And they didn't keep trying it. They tried it one more time. But actually, we put it in. Uh, there was no charge for um, check-in. So we just put one of our bags in check-in. And uh, packed it in there. Oh, well, that was a good idea. You know why? I, I'm so happy you said this. That's really good information for listeners if they're traveling uh, via with a stop in the USA. Because we had to fly from Havana to El Salvador, to San Salvador in, uh-huh. in El Salvador. And then from there to San Francisco. And we were told, because uh, we wanted to bring a bottle home. We were told we would not be able to do it because in El Salvador, they're going to put you through another, uh, you know, thing like TSA, but they will not let you take it through. And when so we didn't. And we were so happy that we didn't try to get something because when we got to El Salvador, sure enough, there was what the equivalent of TSA and they were taking the stuff away from anybody. So nobody got and even a even a sealed bottle of water uh, that like I had from the plane, you know, that the plane gave me a bottle of water. It was just a small bottle, and I had forgotten to take it out of my bag. 
They oh, took yeah. that away, you know, right away. But they took everybody's away, so I was happy. So we spent our last few kooks on uh, buying some Cuban music, and we came oh, home okay. with exactly 65 cents because, as you may recall, <laughs> my husband would not believe me that when you go to Cuba – you must bring cash to change over into kooks that right, you cannot use credit cards. And he was so sure that you could use credit cards, he only brought $36 with him. <laughs> I know. I remember that. I, I thought that was funny. But, uh, yeah, we brought all cash. Um, yes. But um, I actually, I came home, I, you know, I didn't, um, I didn't use it all. I mean, I yeah, ate well, very well, and um, I brought... More than enough. Um, you know, I, they said, uh, if you, I think I, I brought a thousand. Uh huh. And I brought home like 400. Well, you know what? I guess um, I, I imagine we probably were pretty similar because uh, that's what I had anticipated thinking because that's what they had recommended was about yeah, $500 yeah. per person that you would need. But So I brought $600 and my husband brought $36. $36. And we came home with 35 cents. So oh. I, do, I, I do remember the last two days, like counting out my kooks, thinking, all right, do I have yeah. enough money to pay for, you know, whatever the next things we had to pay I for, know. which were the yeah. meals and, and tips and that kind that's of funny. thing. But well, so we, we did well. Went, we would have went to do you. <laughs> <laughs> I guess we could have. I, I would have been. Well, I guess I wouldn't have by that point have been too um, too embarrassed. Hey, why do I wanted to? I thought it was very interesting that there were two currencies in Cuba. Didn't you find that fascinating? The coup and that the. Was, I thought. I thought that was very strange. Um, yes. I mean, would you think that cost more money to print two different currencies? I would think I so too. And I and you know it was interesting. Like when we would go into the forest. A local would pay 10 cents, the equivalent of 10 cents, and someone who was from another country would pay the equivalent of $10. Now, $10 is nothing for the, the incredible hikes that we went on, uh, but the difference was really interesting. And you know what I wanted to tell you is, do you remember when you exchanged money, uh, not exchanged money, you, you bought a bottle of water, and we were always warned to make sure to look at the money oh, yeah. when you get it back because there there's very little crime in Cuba at all. But once in a while somebody will give you change in a coop instead of a coop and you know and then you're out what, seventy five cents on the dollar or something. something like but anyway, that, yeah. you got that you got that was it a three peso with Che Guevara on it. Is yeah, that right? Which I loved. I didn't want to and give it up. I didn't give it up. I took it home. <laughs> exactly. And you know what? That was the best investment you ever made. After you did that, I spent every day trying to, to get somebody. Trying to I know, buy everyone tried to get a Shea coin. You couldn't and get one. I couldn't get a Shea coin. I could not get a Shea coin. Isn't that fascinating? And yeah. even I went to the bank. They wouldn't give them to me. Every, every place that we spent any money, I would say, could I give you a kook for a three-peso check? Yeah, yeah, they wouldn't give I it to you. Them, what, is that 75 cents or something for, no, I'm giving them a dollar for something worth 15 cents or five cents. I, I, yeah, how would, what, was the, what was the amount? I don't remember. Yeah, In any case. Yeah. But nobody had one. 
And so, then Oscar was even looking for them, and he asked the driver, he asked the taxi guy. Uh, he he couldn't come up with one either. So all <laughs> I could think about was Paul hit the jackpot. He's the only one out of our group of six that yeah. got a check. And that's the best. That is absolutely, I think, the best reminder of Cuba. Yeah. I, um, so, go ahead. I, you know what? I, I love... I, ne- I had never had a guy before, but Oscar was awesome. Was so intelligent, awesome. fun to talk about, talk to. I talked to him about so many different things, you know, outside of the tour, uh, the thing we were doing. Um, very cool. Very cool guy. You know, I'm, I'm with you the same way. I've only been on one other trip, and that was in Vietnam and Cambodia, where I've had a guide. Otherwise... Everywhere we've, I've traveled my whole life, I've just kind of planned it on my own and then just get there and go. And yeah, yeah, Oscar was, he's, he, he actually reinforced to me the importance of when you're visiting a country, especially a third world country or a country where you don't know a lot about what's happening there, how important it is to have someone that is really knowledgeable, who is smart who knows people and who knows the best things to do. And he was absolutely incredible. And I think, what does he speak? Like seven languages fluently or something. His English was... Yeah, I was German for sure. I knew that. I knew he was... Yes. Yeah, well, he spoke, he, he spoke, um, he spoke German. He spoke, of course, English. Uh, he spoke Spanish. He spoke French. He spoke Italian. Oh, yeah. And yeah. every once in a while, because I speak some other languages, we'd be talking, and I, as I often do, I insert different different words from different languages into one conversation. <laughs> and yeah. he would stop me, and he would go, Cynthia, that's Italian, you know, <laughs> or that's French. <laughs> and, and he actually teaches, he actually teaches German and English when he's not guiding. So, but yeah. he was just, he was really delightful. And I really can't say enough good things about uh, this. I really trip. wish, I, I wish he could visit, well, you know, because I, I would love to host him, to show him around. Yes. Yeah, it would be great. He, uh, you know, unfortunately, it's very difficult for the Cuban people um, to leave Cuba, as you know, and they yeah. have to go through all this permit process. In the last casa in Habana where we stayed, if you remember the lovely lady and her son who were running it, who made us the wonderful breakfast and stuff, then you had to go to the airport. Well, after the air, you had left, she brought me back into the kitchen and she said, she's, we were speaking in Spanish, and she, um, she showed me the picture of Fidel and Raul on her wall, and then talked about her great desire to travel uh, to the United States or anywhere, and she goes, I have to show you something, and she went to her room, and she came back, and she had her passport, and she had all the paperwork that she had filled out, and it had all been denied, uh-huh. and, and she was so sad about it, and she was asking me, how can she... How would she be able to travel? Of course, I had no answer for her. I just said, patience. Just have patience. It's going to change, and you will get to travel at some point. But she oh, yeah. she kind of, yeah, she lived vicariously through the guests that she uh, hosted at her casa. Yeah. 
And she really enjoyed, she told me, talking to people about not only their experiences in Cuba, but about their experiences in other places in the world. So I found it to be quite um, wonderful to, to speak to her. Well, we only have a minute left, Paul, but why don't you wind it up with uh, whatever you'd like to say or your favorite moments or a shout out to Cuba, whatever you'd like to do. Um, well, I loved it all. Um, I, I loved the fact that the, the, the drive, it wasn't much traffic, but when a driver passed you, for instance, on a bicycle, they gave you a nice friendly tap on the horn yes. and let you know they were coming. Um, the street dogs, I, I was amazed that they were so well taken care of and they had their own little, I guess, person to look yes. after them, even and though they were free. <laughs> That's just an amazing thing is that they all the street dogs are well loved and they do have somebody from the state who cares for them and feeds them and shelters them if they if they want shelter. Yeah, yeah, and um I know it's not like that all over Cuba but in Havana that's the way it was. And even in Trinidad I felt like I didn't see many street dogs but they looked well I mean they weren't obnoxious, they were they looked well cared for and uh yeah, I, I felt that, that, that the dogs, uh, or all the animals that we saw everywhere, including the horses that we yeah. uh, that we rode, and the cattle, and the sheep, and the pigs, and the chickens, and you know all the all the animals we saw everywhere. Everybody seemed very happy and well fed and taken care of. Yeah, and I, was, I was thinking the same thing. Yes. The dogs are friendly. The people are friendly. What a great country! <laughs> yes, it was a great. It was a great country. It was a. It was really a great country. I. I hope that they can get. Uh, you know, get their system really on track and open up the borders, so more people can visit. I hope that the American um, relations with Cuba improves because it's such a. It's such a lovely, lovely place, and it's only oh, ninety yeah, miles from cool, the yeah. border. So, you know, why can't we all just have peace on earth and get along, right? I mean, yeah. it would it'd be great for everybody. Absolutely. Well, it was a wonderful seven days of trekking and hiking and biking and swimming and snorkeling and kayaking. Oh, we even got we even got non-swimmer Cleo on a kayak. That was impressive. Horseback yeah, yeah. riding. Eating, we drinking, stayed, and laughing we stayed, together. We stayed in sight of land anyway. <laughs> but that's okay. She got, she did it. I was, that yeah. was wonderful. And I, I, think think we both, I think we both loved the fact that we were active doing all those things, too, because we're both physically uh, uh, into doing exercise and whatnot. And I felt like, this is fun. This is really fun. It was really fun. And, and as the final thing that I wanted to add is is one of the highlights I besides having an incredible guide with Oscar was the fact that there were only six of us all mm-hmm. we were all strangers and we really bonded well I thought we we did a very good job because you could get with six people that you really didn't like or that people couldn't keep up uh, whatever it was but you know we what were, I thought of I thought of before I left, I was thinking along that lines, and I just thought, you know what? Anyone who's going to Cuba is going to be an adventurer. There you go. I just had a positive outlook on the people I was going to meet um, just because of the place we were going. 
I love it. I love it. Well, it was an adventure, and you're right. I think it's still, you have to be a bit of an adventurer, and you have to be very um, open-minded, and you have to be positive. And as Oscar said to me after knowing me for a couple of hours, he goes, I can tell you're here to have fun. And I said, (laughs) do you remember him saying that? (laughs) It was like, yes, I'm here to have fun. So everything's going to be grand, you know. And it really was. So it so much does get back to the fact of what is our attitude. And I encourage people to travel. Well, Paul, thank you so much for coming on Star Style, Be the Star You Are, and sharing your outlook on Cuba. It was it was really, really great to to be with you and Cleo and D-Man and Karen and Oscar. And, um, you know, hopefully here's to more adventures down the road. And here's to a very fun and happy retirement from you. I can't wait to read the book you're going to write. <laughs> it's it's going to be a long process for me. <laughs> but, I know um, you, you actually have given me a couple of uh, thoughts um, yes, uh, when we have one of our talks. Yes, so. it's going to be fun, whatever. Well, uh, thanks again. That's Paul Devaney. He was with me as an adventurer in Cuba. And you're listening to Star Style, Be the Star You Are. I am Cynthia Bryan, your empowerment host. And I'll be back in just a bit. We have only a few minutes left in the show, but I will I'd bring you just a little bit more. Okay, stay with me. The star you are, the star you are, be the star you are, you are. Change your world, change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Business Bites, here's Cynthia Bryan. People travel frequently, and sometimes the proper method of tipping is confusing. Tipping is always discretionary and should be given for great service, or better yet, for anticipated great service. The travel industry suggests the following tipping tips. In a hotel, no tipping is required to the front desk staff unless a person is acting as a concierge. If the concierge is making difficult restaurants or theater reservations, you know, a $5 minimum is customary. How about the doorman? Well, if you're helped with your bag, or a taxi's hailed for you, a dollar and up are the normal tipping procedures. For the bell desk, handling luggage, getting ice, other amenities, a dollar per bag or errand is a courtesy tip. Housekeeping, when a special item is delivered to your room, again, a dollar and up is best. And room service, if the service is not automatically added to your bill, always tip 15 to 20% of the check. Foreign countries have different etiquettes for tipping, and make sure to check with your travel agent or your guide. Remember, you're the star of your own performance. Turn your passions into profits. I'm Cynthia Bryan with another business bite from Star Style. For more information, visit CynthiaBryan.com. That's CynthiaBryan.com. Be the star you The annual cost of illiteracy to American taxpayers is over $225 billion. Help increase literacy, reduce violence, and improve positive media messages by making a tax-deductible contribution to Be The Star You Are charity. A top-rated nonprofit, Be The Star You Are promotes positive role models, produces positive radio broadcasts, and donates positive books to empower women, families, and youth. 
Be a power partner and join our galaxy of stars. Visit our website at bethestarur.org to make a tax-deductible donation using PayPal or send checks to P.O. Box 376, 376, Moraga, California, 94556. BeTheStarYouAre.org. Dare to care. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. It's power time on Star Style. Be the star you are with your passion, purpose, and possibility producer, Cynthia Bryan. Now, back to the power party. If you have a garden and a library, you have everything you need. Who said that? It sounds like me, but no, it was Marcus Cicero. Well, I have been freshening my home with calming aromas of handcrafted potpourri and herbal sachets. And although making scents does require time and considerable cleanup, potpourri and sachets make beautiful hostess gifts. You can be prepared for magnificent earthy scents wafting to your nostrils as you style your ingredients. And to fashion your own rustic creations, choose sweet-smelling botanicals and strong colors that will dry well. If you enjoy burying your nose in a flower or herb, those are probably the right specimens for your project. I have some recommendations for the things that I like the most, and here are a few. I use rose, lavender, chamomile, nigella, sage, thyme, liquid amber leaves, rosemary, bay, tulip, orchid, bougainvillea, daffodil, oregano, yarrow, eucalyptus, amaranth, lemon leaves, marigold, and nasturtium. And then, of course, uh, there's all kinds of other things. But when I said liquid amber, and that is a leaf from a tree, that is really very, very pretty when you put it into a, um, a sachet. You can dry citrus rinds and add whole buds of small flowers. Remove the petals from stems. You can dry them on a cookie sheet, or if you want, put them in your car on a hot day, and then your car will really smell good. I like to let them dry naturally, usually on a counter in my garage, as I find the fragrance is fuller and the and the color lasts longer. And then when all the leaves, flowers, and herbs are dry, just design your various flavors of potpourri. I can make seasonal potpourri with different color schemes and different um, smells. You can add cinnamon sticks, shaved nutmeg, or other spices. You can spritz the mixture with drops of your favorite essential oils and toss them with your hands. And then with that sweet perfume of the garden inside your house, you can turn your attention to books. And I hope that you'll pick up a copy of my newest book, Be the Star You Are, Millennials to Boomers, Celebrating Gifts of Positive Voices in a Changing Digital World, and also Growing with the Goddess Gardener. It's filled with 24 months of inspiration, tips, photos, and stories that you can use now. So I hope that you will go to CynthiaBryan.com forward slash online slash store and buy the books or just visit CynthiaBryan.com for more information. Well, that is our show for today. I hope you have the opportunity to visit the beautiful country of Cuba. They could really use you visiting and you will really enjoy the people, the places, the fauna and the food. It is really amazing. You can change your life. You can make your dreams come true. Again, for more information about Be The Star You Are charity, visit btsya.org 
or type out the whole name, be the star you are.org. I hope you'll make a donation because, you know, reading books is like a garden in your pocket. And Be the Star You Are donates books to lots of different charities, organizations, and disaster relief. Also visit CynthiaBryan.com. My aim is always to encourage, inspire, inform, amuse, and motivate. Cherish the past, dream of the future, but celebrate today. And until next Wednesday, when we play once again in our informational playground, remember, love always wins, kindness always prevails, and smiles keep us happy. My name is Cynthia Bryan. You've been listening to Star Style. I thank you and encourage you. Be the star you are. Dream, create, inspire, and most of all, have a wonderful week. We'll talk next week. Be the star you are, the star you are, be the star you are, you are the star. It's been a pleasure bringing you our life-changing program, Star Style, Be the Star You Are. We have you on our radar as it's our goal to inspire, inform, entertain, and motivate you to be the star you were born to be. For more information, visit StarStyleRadio.com. And to make a donation to the charity, go to BeTheStarYouAre.org. Ignite the flame that burns brightly within. Take charge of your life and coach yourself to success with our dynamic host and empowerment architect, Cynthia Bryan. Every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel for another serving of champagne for the spirit and a power boost to live with star style. Until we celebrate together next week, be the star you are. Keep caring. Keep caring. Keep caring. Keep caring.